It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My Michelle Live, Health Watch. She's writing a prescription for hope. Here's Michelle. Hey, glad to have you with me today. The world has become a pretty unhappy and even a crazy place. You have to agree, right? Things have gotten almost, you could say, out of control. But don't you worry. Today, we do have a prescription for hope. A Gallup poll that was just recently released, like days ago, shows just how unhappy the world is. Seriously, this is huge. Two billion people dislike where they live. A additional two billion don't have enough money to meet their needs. We are more connected than ever before in history and yet lonelier than we have ever been. 300 million plus people don't speak with loved ones for weeks. And my friend, are we living with the results or what? Check this out. According to the Global Peace Index, riots, strikes, anti-government demonstrations have increased 244% from 2011 to 2019, and then 2020 hit, and it just exploded with crazy. We have a problem, and maybe it comes back to our own individual unhappiness. If we could find the answers, oh boy, and solve them in our own life, could we help make a difference in the world? I say yes. And you're going to love what you're going to hear today. My guests for you are the ambassadors of possibility, Mark and Crystal Hansen. Mark Hansen, you know him. He's He co-founded Chicken Soup for the Soul. And I found out that he holds a Guinness Book of World Records for the most books on the New York Times bestseller list at one time. That's amazing. And Crystal is an international speaker consultant and author as well. She's also an expert in the field of human potential. Oh yeah, we're on the right track for some answers today. They're philanthropists, humanitarians, and they are my guests. I am delighted to have you with me today, guys. Thank you. Thank you. It's a joy to be here, Michelle. Thank you for having us. And based on your start, we got to tell you that because we wrote the book, Ash, it's dedicated, the bridge from your dreams, your destiny, the reason 2 billion people aren't happy, campers, thank you very much, is that they've forgotten or never learned how to ASK to GEP all the good they want. And so we've detailed it in three channels. Ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. And that'll transform the world by transforming the individual. I love acronyms because it makes it easy for us to, we listen to a great podcast and we're all motivated and then we walk away and go, what? So what you do is you pick up the book and you remember the acronym. So remember that as we talk today, I was talking about how crazy things are getting and there is absolutely no denying on absolutely every front. Things have gotten a little uh, anxious, we'll just say. And that phrase that says, be the change you want to see in the world. I love that. I really love that. But it's just really a meme until you put it into action. And it occurred to me that your book, what you have in this book is a bridge to get us from here to there. It is. That is the subtitle, Michelle. It's the bridge. We say asking is the literal bridge from your dreams to your destiny. And what we've discovered is there is no mechanism in this world to reveal to you what is hidden like asking and right now like you said people are troubled we don't like what we're seeing 
We don't know what to do about it. We should be more prosperous than ever, yet there's more struggle out there. With this world full of billions and trillions of dollars, where all are all those dollars, right? Where are they really going? And I think part of the problem is we haven't, we're, especially I would say over the last decade, increasingly we're told what to look at what to, we don't realize this is happening, but it's like a massive hypnosis. All this stuff around us is distracting us where the pings and the dings and the likes and everything that's taking our time and attention. But how often do we sit with ourselves? And that's the first part of asking is ask yourself is the reflective journey that we all need to take and come inside of ourselves and say, you know, where am I right now? Is it even working? Do I like it? And the second phase of that ask as yourself part is, where do I really want to be? And the third phase is what action steps do I need to take to get there? We're so distracted by this, what's going on. We don't realize that it, these distractions, I think, are intentional. It's to mm. guide us where someone else wants us to go, not uh -huh. necessarily where we need to be going. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that we were created for a purpose and a, a plan and a destiny, that there are no unimportant people. You are here for a reason. And that reason may be grand and amazing and important. And it may be small and amazing and important, but it is amazing and important. I think we lose track and we've become a society that is dissatisfied. We are dissatisfied with the bodies that we're in. We're dissatisfied with who we are. We, we think we need to get surgery or change who we are or our pronouns and our, I think there needs to be a place where we start just being happy right where we're at finding those answers where we're at before we make outward changes what about finding that that inner peace so to speak what say you we a hundred percent agree with what you're saying and the way we look at it is everyone was born with a destiny code and it's coded deep inside Ooh. your soul. It was born Ooh. in you before you came here because life is eternal. And what happens is we decided to come to life as far as we're concerned. And most people we deal with are concerned. So now you're here and life is a university. And now if it's a university, the only way to go through the university is when you learn to ask, not be told stuff. The whole school system is, I'm going to tell you what you ought to know. Bunk, what do you want to know? And, and today, all the freedom comes out of ASK to GEP, the answers. That are important to you and we've got to find our destiny code and the way we've discovered now because the book's been out a while and we get asked the same question again and again and we get all this preponderance of mail is that people buy two copies of the book and they go over the 178 questions in the book until they find the answer their answer to who they are what they're here for what they're supposed to be passionately and purpose about and make their magnificent session to go do that destiny code contribution and people are only unhappy when they're not doing it. When you're fulfilling your destiny, you're 100% on purpose. Oh, I love what we're talking about today. It really does give hope. I believe that we are God's workmanship. And right. in other words, we're his magnum opus. We are a masterpiece, right? In the making. And each thing that we experience, good and bad, paints another brushstroke in God's masterpiece. That means that we do have purpose and even value, great value. But as I look at that feeling of stagnation and unhappiness and unrest, we are looking for answers. 
in politics. We're looking for answers in the external. We look for answers in the wrong place. What we what let before we get into the inside look into what asking looks like, what should we be asking for? And I think you've touched on it just a bit. I think if I could, Michelle, I'd love to back it up a little bit because there are so many things we should be asking for. It it is such a broad question, but I think I'd like to back it up a little bit to the time we came into this world. When we first entered here, we were these perfect little uncorrupted askers that just (laughs) were sent from the other side. We're not afraid to ask who, what, when, where, why. We questioned everything. And that is how we grew. That is how we evolved. That is why children grow so quickly. They accelerate. Those years are so, they just, they're gaining so much information and growth. And they're also, none of us, when we were little, and we see this in kids today, we're not afraid to ask for more. We're not afraid to ask for what we want. And then depending on how we were parented, what happened in our school years, sit down, quit asking so many questions. I'm tired of hearing from you. Don't ask questions until you're called on. Maybe mm. you go, then you get a job. Your opinions aren't valued. And through all these life experiences, we start to shut down. We start to get that, that perfect little uncorrupted asker gets crushed out of us. And we find ourselves standing there as these full-grown adults, ashamed not to somehow have all the answers, and also terrified to ask anything of anyone. And that's what Mark and I are saying. We need to wake up that beautiful inner self, that child self that came here so perfectly, ready to ask the questions, ready to find all the answers, not afraid, not ashamed. We want to rekindle that and start asking our way to the truth, to our happiness, to our destiny, to everything that we need to continue to evolve to, because that's what we're here for. Like you said, we're here for a very important reason, and none of us knows what that is. But imagine if we woke up every day with that childlike wonder, saying, I'm going to keep asking, I'm going to find out. And then as these solutions, because you can't ask a question without suddenly a solution will come to you. A plan starts to form in your mind. It's a magical thing because that's the way God set this thing up. And so all of a sudden life becomes magical. You start to see the connection between you and those questions that you're asking and all of the answers that we're waiting for you here all the time. Mark and Crystal Hansen, their book is Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. The Bible says in James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. <clears throat> it's <clears throat> It seems like we've taken a few thousand years to really understand through studies, through human experience, what the Bible's been saying all along. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock, the door will be open. And you're saying, yeah, folks, come on. It's been there all along. Just tap in. I love the preface that you did ask and you received not because you ask amiss. The point is that most of us don't ask enough and nobody ever delineated it until we wrote this book. And like I went through a painful, yes. expensive divorce and wrote down 267 things I needed in my ideal other person. And we are literally two hearts and one soul. But because most people are superficial in their asking, I want her to be eye candy or I want him to be tall, dark and handsome. <laughs> not bad, but just not enough. I wrote down, we had to have similar values. We had to spiritually want to grow. She had to want to travel with me. If she had kids and I had kids, our kids had to get along. And because you brought this up with family values, our two of our kids were just adult kids. Now we're just here and we even have adult 
grandkid dogs. How's that? That we babysit <laughs> for our grandkids, which is amazing because we are, you, I wanted a soulmate and what I got was something better. I got a twin flame that can finish stuff for me. So when you ask right, you get right. If you ask wrong, you get wrong. And when I went in 1974, Ooh. I asked, oh my God, what if I go bankrupt? Subconscious can't take a joke. So I go check out a library at the biggest library in the world, the New York Public Library, millions of books, how to go bankrupt by yourself. Sure enough, that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Ask the wrong question. When you talk about asking the wrong question, sometimes it's like it's in our programming. And Crystal, I know this is something that you have specialized in. I think it's a brain thing. And I go back to the God story in the Bible in Proverbs 23-7, I believe. It says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I want to think about that almost like a computer program. You put enough stuff in your programming, that's what you come out as. And so we think, this is just the way I am. This is just who I am. Is that the way it really is? Or do we just need to change our programming a little? Oh, I love this. I know you're talking my language. Absolutely. (laughs) We do. We all have this life that provides a lot of experiences and some of them are painful. We get them a little beat up. Sometimes the road, we're not on a straight, narrow road all the time, but that's the purpose of life. And so what ends up happening is these events, these emotional, emotionally charged events happen and they leave residue inside of us in our hearts in our minds, we actually have memory in our entire bodies. So certain things you can hear a song oh, yes. and feel it. And it could have been a bad memory, a trigger, something painful and sad. So it's so important to take this time with yourself. Mark and I stress this all the time. We start every day with our hour of prayer and meditation, but we all need to do that. We need to go into that quiet place, the secret space of place of the most high and just be there with ourselves, with God with the divine and really ask ourselves these questions. Why? And we do a lot of good questions in the book that deal with this self-intervention questions, holding up the mirror questions. Cause Mm. a lot of times when we're having difficulties, difficulty with our career, we keep repeating the same patterns that are where things aren't working out for us. We're getting fired. We can't hold our job, whatever, or in our relationships, it's because of that baggage, that programming that's still running. It's replaying in the back of our minds somewhere. But the minute you decide to go in inside and take a look at it in that quiet place, what is this thing I'm seeing, I'm feeling? How is it affecting my life? How is it controlling my response to things? And when you start to get honest and real with those questions, you can get to the bottom of where this all began. And then you can say, ask those questions. Is there any reason for me to keep this program inside of me? Or is it time to let that go? Have you seen that work out in someone's life? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Tell me a story. Tell me a story. It's interesting because I had probably one of the worst cases, the most traumatic cases I had in my life coaching practice was with this woman who grew up with a sort of a mentally ill mother. She had to have been, but her memories were when she was four years old, her mom picked her up by the foot and swung her around and released her into the refrigerator. And the next memory, oh my it was gosh. horrible. She had the next memory was her mom, the day her mom just left for good. Never saw her mom again, her entire life. Then the memory following that, the traumatic memory was her dad gathered all three girls one day, said, get in the pickup truck. We're going to your aunt's house. They got there and he said, I can't deal with these girls. It was during the depression. And she, he said, I don't know how to deal with these girls. I'm leaving them here with you. You figure out what Oh, to do rejection with issues. Oh my. Yeah, right? So he got in the truck. Oh, poor sweet thing. Away, and she remembers like 
chasing him with the dust flying in her face. Talk about scars, emotional scars. Of course. Then she stands there. She's the eight-year-old. There's the six-year-old and the two-year-old. Somebody said, oh, we'll take the two-year-old. She's so little. She needs it. We'll take her. And somebody else took the cute six-year-old. And then then they argued about who was going to take this one because they had already had enough mouths to feed. Mm. The rejection and unworthiness, which we'll talk about the seven roadblocks next, I, I, if you'd like, but we have, we talk about the seven roadblocks to asking in the book and boy, Kathy carried some extreme, the ro- roadblock of unworthiness. Her sense of unworthiness was so profound that she told me, she heard me on a radio show and she said, I wake up every day when I heard you on that show, it's the first hope I had in a long time. And she said, I wake up every day feeling like I should just die. I don't have a right to be here because of that unworthiness that she'd been carrying all these years. She, and she was a good worker. She worked for an insurance company. She made a decent living, but still this feeling of unworthiness. So we started asking those questions like, you know, your yes, your mom did not love you. She, but did your mom know how to love? Do you think she knew how to love? She'd never thought about that for, before. Do you think she had love in her life that taught her what it was like to love. And out through all of these questions, she began to feel so much compassion for her mother. She realized this was just a very broken human being who happened to be her mother. And so by the end of it, she could release it. And I remember the day that she literally went from sobbing in tears to just having this laughter, like the release of understanding, like I'm free of this. I don't have to carry this. This is not me. And we will come to this earth and we will have these interactions with other people. And sometimes there are parents, there are children, there are, there's someone in our lives that really affect us a spouse, but we can learn the lesson and keep the wisdom and let go of the pain, let go of the baggage, let go of the emotions and just become this better person. And I received an email from her and she said, I can honestly say after getting psychological counseling my entire life and being depressed, waking up, feeling like I should die every day of my life. I can honestly say I'm now free of the crushing depression. Yes. Yes. My entire life. That's powerful, Michelle. Heck yeah. That's inside of all of us. We don't have to keep this. We are on this journey with God and all the players that are with us. We can love them. We can bless them and we can move on. Some will stay in our lives and some we will have to release. Mark, what are these seven roadblocks? They sound to me like they are lies from the devil himself, like they're lies that we've been told. <laughs> we've heard that before. That's cool. What happens is each of us have some of them, some of the time, some of them all of the time. And what's so beautiful is we'll cover all seven of them. And what happens is when you look at them, we have a story attached with each one that shows somebody that conquered it. And when they conquer it, all of a sudden you say, I've got that one. I That means I can conquer it. Because if yes, somebody else can yes. do it, you can do it. So it obviously starts with unworthiness. It goes to doubt. It goes to everything. It gets stuck in excuses. It gets stuck in pattern paralysis. It gets stuck in doubt and in naivete. And then last but not least, it gets stuck in disconnection. Well, and where you started the show is exactly that. There's a lot of levels of disconnection that we talk about, but Today, we have more cellular phone connectivity than ever, but we've got less family connectivity, less real personal friendship connectivity. And because when China was capitalistic and communistic, we were there 80 times, and you'd be walking down the street with somebody, and they'd have two cell phones going at the same time. And you go, no, 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 no. Be 
you with us? What are you doing? And it's like when our kids and grandkids sit with us, we do not let them have the cell phone because it's a level of disconnect. Come on. They're texting across the table. What's up with that? You can go to any one of them you want. Chris will gladly handle any one of them. So that's great. Yeah. Give us some insight perhaps into a couple of more because I think the light comes on. Oh, yeah. I've experienced that. I've experienced that. Well, one of the ones I like to point out is the roadblock of naivete, because I, we tell the story in there about this lovely Filipino woman who helped take care of our children when they were young. And one day she shows up, she used to make, cook these great dishes from her homeland. And she's like lumpia. Up. Have you had lumpia? Yes. Oh, uh, and pancit. And, oh, yeah. So good. And my son was in heaven, but she shows up one day and she cuts up this orange fruit on a plate and hands it to me. And she said, try this. And I tasted it and I said, Melda, this is the best fruit I've ever tasted. What is it? And she goes, it's a mango. And I said, a mango? How come we've never <laughs> had a mango? I've been all over Europe. I feel like I'm so worldly, travel a lot. I've never tasted a mango. And I go, where did you get these? Thinking she imported them from the Philippines. She said, at the grocery store. <laughs> and I thought, how is it that I've been passing the mangoes at the grocery store every time I go? And I thought, what other amazing things am I passing up in life? Because I'm just naive. Know. I just don't know what's there. I'm a girl who grew up in Idaho where we had a lot of potatoes, but zero mangoes. So it's like, what people am I passing by that could be my next best friend, my next advocate, my yes. business partner? Yeah. What opportunities do I just walk by? Because I'm not aware. I'm too, I'm naive. I don't even know that it's a possibility. Oh. So how do I get out of my own net and I have a day? How can I start looking into things more? Wondering, I love and that's that. Going back to that wonder, right? Because we're all naive. We You're asking that question. You start with asking that question. I can see even you say, ask God and ask others. And asking God, when I have my time in the morning, I ask God for those divine appointments, those things that aren't on my calendar that just so just happen. Those are the little miracles every day and the amazing people. And sometimes it connects just with a smile or a short conversation. You just never know. But the possibilities, can you see? I can almost see as people are listening, as you're listening right now, do you, you feel that lightning of your spirit? That's what happens when that light comes on. And then that na naivete kind of dwindles. And I see that in this conversation. And I see that in your book, The Magic of Asking. It's powerful. Let's talk a little bit about these acronyms, A-S-K-G-E-T, what they specifically stand for. There's about 10 levels I want to hit on that, but I'll just say <laughs> that when I was a little kid and had absolutely no money and my parents didn't have any money, they're Danish immigrants, I wanted a racing bicycle. So I, my mother said, if you go and smile at all neighbors and I got greeting cards from Boy Scout Life magazine. And I went up and I said, look, I'm earning my own bicycle. Pretend it was you. I'm now a cute little nine-year-old freezing <laughs> out in the snow, big furry mittens. Remember, I was born in deep snow walking in Illinois. It's November. And I say, would you like, I'm earning my own bicycle. Would you like to invest one box of Christmas cards or two? And I just shut up. And almost to a woman neighbor, who most of whom after I got a bigger circle, didn't know who I was. They all bought one box at $2 and I got a dollar. So I sold 376 boxes in one month time. And then it went out and delivered them. It was just so exciting to learn that you can ask for and get everything you want. And I learned that at nine because my dad taught, and I'll finish with this line, is that pride of ownership is always preceded by pride of earnership. And mm -hmm. that's what people got to learn right now is they got to earn their way. There's no entitlement universe. And if you take an entitlement, 
over the long term, because there's no free lunch, it's going to be a lose rather than a win-win. That's important to know, because I think we have grown up in such a prosperous society. We do have that sense of entitlement, but that sense of ownership, I love that phrase, really gives us that, that oomph that we have been part of the solution. And we need that. We were meant for that. What about asking others. That's a difficult one. It makes us feel uncomfortable. I don't want to put you out. What if someone rejects me? All of those things that I'm sure you've heard ad nauseum. Right, exactly. And really asking others is the bonding journey. We said asking yourself is the reflective journey. Asking others is your bonding journey. People are scared. We're afraid. And it is that rejection. It's these roadblocks that we that we carry so often. But it's so interesting because we looked at the studies on asking And the truth of it is, if you're willing to put yourself out there and just ask for help, assistance, insight, whatever it is, that there's an 80% more likely chance that you will have your request granted. But most people don't realize that. They think they're imposing on someone. But the interesting part of the study is also that people will not just impose themselves on you if you don't ask. So don't sit there and think someone's going to figure out what you need and come and impose themselves and say, hey, I think I have your solution. It doesn't happen. We have to ask, right? That's just how we're wired as human beings. The other part of this asking others, the bond, we looked at the studies in like relationship studies and even business relationships. And those people who were the best question askers tended to be the ones who were ranked as the most likable business associates or someone that you would want to do business with. And a lot of that comes down to being interested. When I'm sitting with you, Michelle, and if I'm just telling you everything about me, you get bored. But when I start (laughs) asking about you, now I'm telling you, if I want to say, well, I want to do business with you, or maybe I want to get to know you, someone wants to have a relationship. If I ask about you, I'm telling you that I really want to know you. I want to know who you are. And and as a business person, the first thing I want to do is find out what are your pain points? If I could help you get, make your business 10% better even, what would that look like? And how would that make your life easier? And as I start to probe with these questions, all of a sudden we're creating a bond because now I'm showing that I care about you. Asking is caring. Asking is caring. And so we really need to remember that in our relationships, in asking others, asking not only for help and assistance, oh. but asking to bond. Crystal, that touches on something that I think is so amazing. It's not just about ask as a gimme. You're touching on ask so that I can give, which I think should be your next book, Give, <laughs> because, <laughs> because it really, it, that's essentially what you're saying is how can I make a difference in your life? And we think of when you give, the Bible says it's given to you, good measure, shaken down and weighing overflowing. It's given back to you. It's like that in every instance. When I give, somehow it's like that part of that law of attraction. It just comes back and you give away more and more comes back. When we catch on to that, it is absolutely life-changing. I love that ask, when we think of ask in our society, it really is in a gimme way, isn't it? It is. It really is. So we're asking you to understand exactly what you did from a spiritual point of view. Mind is one level and brain, and that's what we've been taught. But the bigger level here is your spiritual dimensionality, 
when you ask, knowing that you're going to source and serve somebody to their highest values, then there it's a reciprocity and it works a much better level. Boom. This is good stuff here, peeps. This is really good stuff. <laughs> the line out of the Bible because of what you just did. I'll just hitchhike the line. I studied with the world's best Aramaic spell, Rocco Erica, and I don't know why it's in my mind, but you know, where I am, you may be also. And, and welcome Ooh. to my house. It has many rooms. That's the wrong interpretation. The right thing Rocco said to me was it, it my house has many dimensions and spiritual has dimensions. So if I say, I want you to give me your money, but I'm not going to give you anything. Of course, you're not going to give me any money, but if I'm going to give you something 10 times more valuable than your money, then you go, heck yeah, I'm in the program. I'm on. And that's what the kind of companies that we run. And that's why we sold a half billion books and the goal is sell a billion. Our detractors still say he can't do that. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> I like that because we you're you're talking about things that that maybe our minds have never conceptualize that we could get to the possibilities. And I think that's where a lot of our angst is that we come against a brick wall, like the one behind me in our lives that just says, this is as far as I can go. And suddenly you hear a program like this and you think, wait a minute, that wall is not so high after all. <laughs> come on. There's more out there. We would both like to talk to it. You can go over, under, around, or through the wall and then, honey. No, no, no. I just wanted to circle back was because we were talking about the Bible, biblical code, and I wanted to circle back to the acronym of ASK. So think about this. A-S-K. Ask, seek, knock. A-S-K. Boom. Oh, wow. Ask, seek, (laughs) knock. A-S-K. No, it truly is. These are not accidents. And then, you know, basically the G-E-T is gain everything. Wow. Ask, seek, knock, and you gain everything. And it's the only way we were told. So we need to keep doing it, asking, seeking, knocking. I have just another question that I think is maybe two more quick ones. One is dealing this the thing about asking is dealing with the rejection, dealing with the no, putting myself out there. And I know that's something that's in everyone's mind. Yeah, that sounds great, but I'm not that kind of person and I feel uncomfortable. What would you say to that person? On YouTube, I did a whole video, how to be rejection proof. And it says, when you ask, what you got to do is, and somebody says no, is just go four letter clean word, N-E-X-T, next. Because there's somebody (laughs) out there that wants whatever you got. Guaranteed, if it's good. You got to go through a few no's, but there's a yes looking for you as much as you're looking for it. Boom, easy, right there. Sometimes the answers are so easy. I am encouraging everyone who's listening, watching, or reading this to get the book Ask because we just skimmed the surface. This is just maybe an introduction. This can take you through to life-changing questions you can ask yourself, ways that you can connect to ask with God, and a way that you can make a difference in this world as you connect and ask of those who are living around you. I think it's a powerful book, specifically written for our time, because we need it. We definitely need it. So please pick up the book. Until that book reaches the doorstep, thank you, Amazon, or wherever you're ordering it from, can you start us off in the right direction? Just give us, in our my last question to you, just give our friends something that they can hold on to to start them. So I just want to say, just remind everybody that all of your answers are waiting for you right now. They're waiting for you. 
just start asking. And when you ask, universe conspires to give you every good thing you want. So that's why we started the askthebookclub.com and it's free. Huh. So we want everyone to go to ask the book club because we want everyone to be, grow up and become what we're calling a master asker. <laughs> it, it's not that you want too much. It's that you want too little because you're what you said earlier, your cup runneth over. A whole Bible is a Bible of prosperity. You took a shortage of fish and bread by the little kid fed 15,000 if you count the women and kids, which weren't counted, then there were 12 baskets left over. So we're in an abundant universe and the trouble is all the media today conspires to teach the wrong economics of scarcity from all this. And I'm teaching you the economics in grad school. I was with Bucky Fuller, who Dr. Fuller was Einstein's best student taught fundamental abundance. God only knows abundance. God doesn't know scarcity and what it is. Learning to ask, we've been saying it takes the blinders off so you can see truly and with spiritual eyes. I love that. And I love that what that seems to do is to train us in operating the way we were created to operate. You mentioned it. This is not the end. We are eternal beings. And whatever lies before us, I think is in direct correlation to this concept of asking, which is a relational Thing. We were created for relationships. So asking is relational. And I think it's at the heart of all the spe spectacular things that are in the universe. So this is where it starts for many of us hearing this podcast, getting the book and starting to ask. And I'm going to ask you to join me again, please. What a pleasure it's been to meet you and to hang out with you today. Thank you. And for those of you listening, remember to like us, share us, subscribe, get the God's out there. It makes a difference. More Health Watch at MyMichelleLive.com.